Um, I met a, a guy named Patrick Waller at uh, the Tennessee Shakespeare Festival. An old college friend of mine started that, and 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 I was fortunate enough to be involved in the first couple of years of it. Uh, as much as I like to act, I even like to meet people more uh, than that. And uh, when I met Patrick, I'm just going to have to say this. Um, it wasn't that I thought, you know, like he was wicked or anything, but I would have never guessed that he was a Christian. And then, uh, sorry, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> but then this last year, back in the summer, I had a, uh, I, I went for an audition, and, and this gal and I were talking about Jesus. And Patrick was kind of hanging around the periphery, and I could, I could feel him listening. And the next thing I knew, he was feet first right in the middle of the conversation and we just couldn't get the guy to shut up and it turned out that he had been like reading the bible or something and God had been maybe like changing his life and I said uh, Patrick every year on the last Sunday of the year we encourage people to read the bible I think they need to hear you uh this year so would you give a very warm Springhouse worship and art center welcome to Patrick Waller as he comes Good morning. There's so many more of you out there today. This could be a little more intimidating. This podium is still as small as it was in the first service. Uh, my name is Patrick Waller. I, uh, I am an actor. Uh, please don't hold that against me. If you do, there are several of us out there today. So we could gang up on you. Um, I uh, have the pleasure and privilege to be able to do what I love to do um, about 10 months out of the year. I work as a professional actor. Um, um, I would just like to start by saying that, just kind of giving you a little bit of a, a background I, uh, I was born and raised in a Baptist church, uh, not far from here, actually, in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Uh, it's a small, uh, uh, small town outside of Manchester. Um, as I said, I was born and raised there. I was saved in that church, gave my life to Christ at a very young age. Although I didn't necessarily understand at the time everything that was going on, the one thing that I did know, the one thing that I understood, I very vividly remember being on the front row in that church during the invitation and knowing that there was something in my life that was missing. There was something that I did not have. There was something that people in that room had that I did not. And although I was at a young age, I knew it. I just knew. And it was Jesus Christ. And I needed him in my life. At that point, I gave my life to Christ and set out to follow him. It was always something that I knew. I knew I was saved. I knew I was a Christian. But it was never anything that I invested in. It's just like Ronnie was saying a little while ago. Somebody could have met me, and they would say, he's not necessarily a wicked guy, but I wouldn't know that he was a Christian. It was never anything that I latched onto, that I, that I put any, any true faith in, that I really spent the time and I really delved into God and what he had for me and who he was and what he wanted from me. I never took the time. I knew that God was with me. I knew he was watching over me. I look back at times in my life and I think, God, where would I have been if I had said, okay, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to talk to these guys. I'm going to go on that trip. I'm going to go over here with this group. I'm going to get more interested in that group. What gutter could I have been lying in if God had not been there in my head the whole time going, Patrick, no, don't do that. You can't. You can't go there. You can't do that. 
where would I have been? I just never, as I said, put that much faith in it. Until about eight or nine months ago, I was rehearsing a show. It was a big show. It was a lead role for me. It was a huge, huge play, musical, ton of music, ton of script, everything. And I spent hours on it, everything. I had to know everything, backstory and character development and music. And I spent so much time on that and so much time on the script. And I did, I was spending hours and hours on it. And then one day God hit me. And he said, you are spending every waking moment that you have on something that will last for an instant. It's true. You may get that. You may do that play. You may be great in it. You may do it, and it's the best thing that you've ever done. Six months down the road, somebody may remember it. I remember that play. I remember that guy. It was a great show. It was a great role. A year down the road, maybe one or two other people say, yeah, I remember that show. Ten years, 15 years down the road, nobody's going to remember it. It's here and it's gone. And nobody will remember what I did. The only thing that matters, the only thing that will last is what I've done for Christ And how God has changed my life, that is the only thing that will matter. I said, God, I I, I have to do this. I have have to be good at what I'm doing. I have to spend this time. I said, "You, you spend so much time on this, and I can't get you to sit down for five minutes. Five minutes and study my word to understand who I am. To know what I have for you. To understand the promises that I have for you. To understand the joy that I can bring you. And I can't get you to spend five minutes on that. You're wasting your time. You're wasting it. Filling your time with ridiculous things that make no, that make no matter. I said, God, I'm not a reader. I can't read your word. I'm just not a reader. I can read. I just don't do it. I said, I don't know. I I don't know what to do. What do I do? He said, start. Just start. Just start. I was going to church. I was doing everything that I needed to do. I had Christ in my life. I was following him. I was spending an hour and a half, maybe, every week in prayer and in worship. And the only time that was was whenever I was in in church on Sunday morning. An hour and a half in a week, every week, I can't get you to sit down for five minutes and just study. So I said, all right, God. All right. I'll do it. Where do I start? I said, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to, you, I'd like to have you to turn to James, the book of James. Starting in verse 7, focusing specifically on verse 8, starting in verse 7, going to verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. 
Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Start. So I sat down and I said, all right. God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll start. From that point on, God opened up the world to me. He opened up things I had no idea even existed. He opened up promises. He opened up joy. He opened up power. He opened up prayer. He opened up fasting. He opened up evangelism. He opened up a burning desire to live for Him, to worship Him, an almighty God that said, You, I loved you enough. I sent my Son to die on a cross for your sins, for you before you were even born. I knew you, and I sent my Son to die for you. I started in Genesis, and I started reading And I went, God, God, I know this. I know this. You did it. Yes, you created it. I know this. I've known it since I was a kid. But then I got to like chapter six. (laughs) Chapter 10. 11, 12, 13, and 14, and on. And I said, God, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything, God. I don't have the slightest idea what you have in this book. I don't know the first thing. How could I if I'm not reading it? How could I know? How could I possibly tell anybody about it if I don't know it? If I'm not reading it? I got to chapter 34 and it blew my mind. If you haven't read chapter 34, read it. All of a sudden, my actor brain took over. And I went, holy mackerel, that's a script. You can't write something as good as that. If you put it into a, a, a screenplay right now, it would win an Oscar. I called one of my best, my best actor friends, Martha Wilkinson. Several of you know her. I said, Martha, I'm, re- I, I'm reading. And I, I got to the... You, you can't... I don't even know how this happens. It was amazing. If you read it, it's like biblical mafia stuff going on. It's unbelievable. You, it will amaze you. I got through Genesis and Exodus. I get into Exodus and I think, God, Moses, man, what, what? How much faith, how much faith Could you possibly have to say, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm going to go. Here am I. Send me. Liberate an entire nation of people. Liberate them and go in the name of God. And he went. Not knowing what would happen. The faith that he had to do whatever God told him to do. At whatever cost. I read on in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. The, 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 the book that God himself, that Jesus Christ quoted the most. Deuteronomy. Then I get into Joshua and Judges. Ruth, for goodness sake. Any young women in here who don't know the book of Ruth, read it. And Esther... Holy mackerel. 
read it. And I get into David. Oh, man. A man after God's own heart. I got into 2 Samuel. Probably a book not many people really pay a whole lot of attention to. But I got into 2 Samuel, and I remember it well. I was in my car before a performance. I brought my Bible, and I was reading. And I happened to get to uh, chapter 22. And I thought I was going to come out of that car. The power of God... (laughs) It's David's prayer of thanks to God after all he has gone through, after everything in his life that God has brought him through. He offers this prayer of thanks, and I want to read it to you. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hands of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge. My Savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth, devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, and he sent out arrows and scattered them lightning and discomfited them and the channels of the sea appeared the foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the lord at the blast of the breath of his nostrils he sent from above he took me he drew me out of many waters he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me for they were too strong for me they prevented me in the day of my calamity but the lord was my stay He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore, the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. And with the upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward, wilt thou show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people, thou wilt save. But thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord. And the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power, and he maketh me my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet and set me upon high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them 
that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet, for thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but, they, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street and did spread them abroad. Thou also hast delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not, since which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks unto thee, O God, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is the tower of salvation for his king and showeth mercy to his anointed unto David and to his seed forevermore. Amen? I read that. And then I got into Psalms and Proverbs and I thought, God, when have I ever in my life prayed like that? When have I ever broken and in so much thankfulness said, God, thank you for what you have done in my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for taking me in the places that you've taken me. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for giving me the joy of your salvation. When have I ever prayed like that? I keep going. I keep going. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, spoke and he spoke and he spoke and he spoke and not one convert to Christ. But he did what God told him to do. Time after time after time, I kept, I kept reading and I kept reading and I kept reading. And I'm not even done yet. I'm just now in the Gospels. Whew. And I thought, God, I've missed it. I've missed it. How have I missed this? How have I missed what you have for me in here? How have I gone this far without knowing without truly understanding, without truly investing in it. Once I started, though, and I think it all started at that audition when I was with Ronnie and another actor friend, actress friend of ours, Nan Gurley. They were talking. And I heard it. It was like a radar. God's word. And I got in there and I went, me, me, me too, me, me. Here's what God's doing in my life. Here's what's happened. Here's what I've done. I've started in his book. I've started in the Bible. And I've started reading and I can't hold it in. I can't. When was the last time that you got so excited about God's word, about what God is doing in your life that you couldn't hold it in? You just couldn't. You had to let it out. Months after that, I was in the gym and I heard somebody say the New Testament. And I went, New Testament, New Testament. Did you say something about the New Testament? Yes, I did. Bless God, children of Israel. What did you see? God, well, how does that happen? What, Joshua, X, oh, numbers, Deuteronomy, I can't. What, how do you? Yeah. Calm down, calm down. Let's talk about it. So we did. Right there in the middle of the gym. When is the last time that that has come over you? 
When is the last time that you said, God, this is your what? These are your in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. How can we possibly know it if we don't read it? How? How can we possibly tell someone else, here's what God has done for me. Here's what God is in me. Here is what is inside of me. The Savior of the world. How can I possibly tell you if I don't know it? If I don't read it? If I don't study it? How? You can't truly. You can go to church. You can be not a wicked person. But if you don't know God's word, how are you supposed to tell it to someone? Several months ago, I was at my home church at Eastland Baptist there in in East Nashville. And I thought, you know, God, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm reading, studying. It's awesome. And my pastor brought out a book. It's a book called The Heavenly Man. And I just want to read to you a little bit from the very beginning. It's by a, a Christian Chinese brother named Brother Yoon. Uh, he was very instrumental in the underground house church in, uh, in China. At first, I didn't really know who Jesus was, but I'd seen him heal my father and liberate our family. I, confidentially, I confidently committed myself to the, to the God who had healed my father and saved us. During that time, I frequently asked my mother who Jesus truly was. She told me, Jesus is the son of God who died on the cross for us, taking all our sins and sicknesses. He recorded all his teachings in the Bible. I asked if there were any words of Jesus left that I could read for myself. She replied, no, all his words are gone. There's nothing left of his teaching. This was during the Cultural Revolution when Bibles could not be found. From that day, I earnestly wanted to have a copy of my own Bible. I asked my mother and fellow Christians what a Bible looked like, but no one knew. One person had seen some hand-copied scripture portions and song sheets, but never a whole Bible. Only a few old believers could recall seeing Bibles many years before. The word of God was scarce in the land. I was so hungry for a Bible. Seeing my desperation, my mother remembered an old man who lived in another village. This man had been a pastor before the Cultural Revolution. Together, we started out on the long walk to his home. When we found him, we told him our desire. We longed to see a Bible. Do you have one? He immediately looked fearful. This man had already spent nearly 20 years in prison for his faith. He looked at me and saw that I was so young and poor with tattered clothes and bare feet. He felt compassion, but still didn't want to show me his Bible. I don't blame him, because in those days there were very few Bibles in the whole of China. Nobody was allowed to read any book other than Mao's little red book. If caught with a Bible, it would be burned, and the owner's whole family would be severely beaten in the middle of the village. The old pastor simply told me, the Bible is a heavenly book. If you want one, you'll need to pray to God, to the God of heaven. Only he can provide you a heavenly book. God is faithful. He always answered those who seek him with all of their heart. I fully trusted the pastor's words. When I returned home, I brought a stone into my room and knelt down on it in every evening for prayer. I had just one simple prayer. Lord, please give me a Bible. Amen. At that time, I didn't know how to pray, but I continued for more than a month. Nothing happened. A Bible didn't appear. I went back to the pastor's house again. This time, I went alone. I told him, I prayed to God according to your instructions, but I still haven't received the Bible. I want so much to have a Bible. Please, please show me your Bible. Show me your Bible. Just a glance, and I will be satisfied. I don't even need to touch it. You hold it, and I will be content just to look at it. If I could copy down some of the words, I will return home happy. The pastor saw the anxiety of my heart. He spoke to me again. If you're serious, then 
You should not only kneel down and pray to God, you should also fast and weep. The more you weep, the sooner you'll get a Bible. I went home, and every morning and afternoon, I ate and drank nothing. Every evening, I ate just one small bowl of steamed rice. I cried like a hungry child to his heavenly Father, wanting to be filled with his word. For the next 100 days, I prayed for a Bible until I could bear it no more. My parents were sure I was losing my mind. Looking back years later, I would say that this whole experience was the most difficult thing I've ever endured. Then suddenly one morning at 4 a.m., after months of begging God to answer my prayers, I received a vision from the Lord while kneeling beside my bed. In the vision, I was walking up a steep hill trying to push a heavy cart in front of me. I was heading towards a village where I intended to beg for food for my family. I was struggling greatly because in my vision, I was hungry and weakened by constant fasting. The old cart was about to roll back and fall on me. And then I saw three men walking down the hill in the opposite direction. A kind old man who had a very long beard was pulling a large cart full of fresh bread. Two other men were walking on each side of the cart. When the old man saw me, he felt great pity and showed me compassion. He asked, are you hungry? I replied, yes, I have nothing to eat. I'm on my way to get food for my family. I wept because my family was extremely poor. Because of my father's sickness, we'd sold everything valuable to buy medicine. We had little little to eat, and for years we'd been forced to beg for food from friends and neighbors. When the old man asked me if I was hungry, I couldn't help but cry. I never felt such genuine love and compassion from anyone before. In the vision, the old man took a red bag of bread from his trolley and asked his two servants to give it to me. He said, you must eat it immediately. I opened the wrapping and saw that there was a bun of fresh bread inside. When I put the bun in my mouth, it instantly turned into a Bible. Immediately in my vision, I knelt down with my Bible and cried to the Lord in thanksgiving. Lord, your name is worthy to be praised. You didn't despise my prayer. You allowed me to receive this Bible. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. I woke up and started searching the house for the Bible. The rest of my family was asleep. The vision had been so real to me that, it was, that when I realized it had only been a dream, I was deeply anguished and wept loudly. My parents rushed to my room to see what had happened. They thought I had gone crazy because of all my fasting and praying. I told them about my vision, but the more I shared, the crazier they thought I was. My mother said, the day hasn't dawned yet, and no one has come to our house. The door is firmly locked. My father held me tightly with tears in his eyes. He cried to God, dear Lord, have mercy on my son. Please don't let him lose his mind. I'm willing to be sick again if it will prevent my son from losing his mind. Please give my son a Bible. My mother, father, and I knelt down and wept together arm in arm. Suddenly, I heard a faint knock at the door. A very gentle voice called my name. I rushed over and asked through the locked door, Are you bringing the bread to me? The gentle voice replied, Yes. We have a bread feast to give you. I immediately recognized the voice as the same one I had heard in the vision. I quickly opened the door, and there standing before me were the same two servants I had seen in the vision. One man held a red bag in his hand. My heart raced as I opened the bag and held in my hands my very own Bible. The two men quickly departed into the still darkness. I clutched my new Bible to my heart and fell down on my knees outside the door. I thanked God again and again. I promised Jesus that from that moment on, I would devour his word like a hungry child. When is the last time that you hungered for the word of God so much that you would fast, that you would pray. And folks, we have it right here at our fingertips. When is the last time that you truly hungered for the word of God? When was the last time That you asked God, how can I serve you more or better with the talents that you gave me? When was the last time you truly worshipped without distraction? When was the last time you cried out to God for help and trusting in him to hear and answer your prayers? When was the last time that you fasted? When was the last time you went in a dark closet and got alone with God and praised and prayed in earnest to hear his voice? 
When was the last time you truly rejoiced over what God is doing in your life? When was the last time you felt the Holy Spirit moving in your life? When was the last time you gave above and beyond your tithe because God has blessed you and you just had to give back? When was the last time you awoke in the morning and started singing in praise to God? When was the last time you started your day in God's Word? When was the last time you memorized scripture? When was the last time you humbled yourself before God? When was the last time you just sat and meditated on God's word? When was the last time you shouted out in praise to God, being so in awe of his majesty and glory? When was the last time you shared with someone else what God is doing in your life? When was the last time you shared Jesus Christ with someone else? Not only am I an actor, but I also work for a uh, property management company. We have a lot of, uh, we do maintenance on a lot of properties and stuff. There's a, uh, we have one big giant trailer park. And there's some rough people in that trailer park. Rough. There's one particular guy, one trailer. I, I won't go into all the gory details, but it's hard to stand downwind of his home. You go by his car, you can't see the floor, you can't see the seats for piles of beer and liquor bottles. We were going to get in there one day to do some maintenance, couldn't even open the door because of all the trash, all the stuff in front of the door. We couldn't even open it. I had never seen the guy, I didn't even know who he was, never talked with him. I was out there at that park one day by myself. And I saw this guy coming up the road towards that trailer, and I thought, that's got to be him. Big guy. Big guy. But the hollow shell of a man. And he walked toward that trailer, and I went up to him, and I said, hey, I, said, I'm, I just wanted to introduce myself. I said, I'm Patrick. I work with the property management company here. I said, I know we've talked to you about getting you know, this place cleaned up, and, and so we can get in your, your place to do some maintenance and stuff. And he's he said, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. And he went on in. And as soon as he walked away, God said, you can save that man's life. You could save that man's life. Talk to him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him about me, tell him. I said, no, God, I can't, I can't. I don't know, he's a big guy, I don't know him. I just met him. I don't even know how to approach him. I can't. I can't do it. So I went in our tool shed there and I sat and I said, God, I can't. I can't. And God squeezed me. He squeezed me till I thought I would pop. I said, go. Go. Tell him. Tell him. I said, God, I don't know how to approach him. How do I approach him? He said, take some trash bags to that man. Start helping him. Tell him about me. So finally I said, all right, God. All right. And I sat there and I prayed and I said, God, just empower me. Empower me to talk with him, to share the gospel with him. So I walked up and knocked on his door. It took him almost a minute to get out of the door. He came out on the porch. And it's a small porch, and he's a big man. And I said, I'm, I just wanted to let you know that I'm about to leave, and uh, I've got some trash bags for you. If you want to, there's anything we could take away or take down to the trash for you or something. Said, all right, all right, all right. And he turned to go back inside, and I said, uh, excuse me, I said, I've just felt led to come over here and talk to you. I said, I don't know you and you don't know me, but I'd like to talk to you about, I'd like to talk to you on a personal level. I said, I have no idea where you're at in your life right now, but judging from the looks of your place and your car, you're in a rough spot. And I said, the only thing in this world that can help you, that can pull you out of this, 
is Jesus Christ. And immediately, his demeanor changed. And he said, I know. I know. He said, I watched my mother die about six to eight months ago. And he said, I've been trying to drink it away ever since. He said, I grew up in a Baptist church, strong Christian household, but I've strayed. And I can't do anything now. I can't do anything. I said, and that's where Jesus Christ comes into your life. That's when you throw everything at his feet. That's when you throw all the liquor, all the beer. You throw all the stuff, all the hurt, all the worry, everything, all your cares. You cast on him and he will take them. And he will do away with them completely. And I said, would, I, would you mind if I prayed with you? He said, I'd like that. <laughs> so I put my hand on his shoulder. And I started praying. And no sooner than I started praying. And that man buckled. He buckled. And he fell on me. And he cried and he cried and he cried and he cried. Because he knew, he knew that there was a God, that there is a God out there in this world that is alive and moving in people's lives that he is not latched onto, that he is not invested in. There is a God that is bigger than him that is bigger than anything he could come in contact with, the things that he can't get his hands around, the things that he can't hold, the things that he has no control over, God has control over them. And he will help you, and he will show you, and he will guide you and direct you in every way possible. Just invest in him. Trust in him that he will do that. Folks, I don't tell you this today, and I don't think Ronnie asked me here to say, look what I've done. Look at me. I say these things to you to encourage you. It's all right here. It's all right here at our fingertips. We can hold it. We can see it. We can read it. We can apply it to our lives and it will change you. It will change you no matter where you are, what you're going through. It will change you. I promise you. I, in, I challenge you. I encourage you. Start every morning. Get up. Just sit and meditate and read God's word and pray. Sing if you have to. If you want to, do it. But start in God's word. Start the day out. Any time of day. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. challenge you and encourage you to get in God's word. See everything that he has for you. And it will change. Things will change. I promise you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, I come to you, Lord, with a thankful heart. God, thanking you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your majesty, Father. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this congregation, for this church, and what it means in this community, Father. I pray that you continue to grow and continue to, to bless this church, Father, and its congregation. Most of all, Father, I pray, God, that each and every one of us in this room takes a long, hard look at our lives, Father, and see where our priorities lie. 
Do they lie in doing what we want to do? Do they lie in not giving you what you deserve? Not trusting in you like we should? Father, help us evaluate ourselves. And know, God, that all we have to do is trust in you. To read your word, God, to study it. Father, to apply it to our lives and it will change. Things will change. Our priorities, our outlook, our attitudes, our families will change. Our lives will change. Our communities will change. Our state will change. Our nation will change. Our world will change. Father, create in us a humble heart Father, to serve you, to study and to know more about you. I thank you, Father, for it all. For it is in your mighty, awesome, and powerful name I do pray. Amen. Those who are going to pray with people, come forward. Would you stand with me? God loves us so much. It is such a blessing when he touches our lives and will not allow us to stay where we are and that's what Patrick is talking about and my my prayer for you is that in this coming year and for me is that he just absolutely will not allow you to stay where you are we'll call you up higher if you need prayer for anything today if you if you don't know Christ we'd love to introduce you to him but Anything that you need prayer for. These brothers and sisters are here to pray. If you don't need to prayer, worship with us for a few moments. All those who do need prayer, come down. You come forward. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of Beginning to the end, it will always be.
it's your last chance. Um, and of course, the flip side of that is New Year starts this week. But you know what? You don't have to wait for a new year to be, become a new person. Um, make him the center. It's all about him. That's the only thing that lasts. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world as the living word, may that word become alive in you. And may the light and the hope and the joy and the good news that the living word delivers become the message of your life to those around you through Jesus Christ our Lord.